Frank, and this is Blatant Frankism, a podcast dedicated to helping arm the community with more of the information necessary to move us forward in a world that seems to be trying its hardest to drag us back to some of the darkest times in our history. The mission of Blatant Frankism is to introduce more voices, perspectives, and experiences into the community dialogue by talking to people that represent various generations, genres, and walks of life. The vision is that each weekly conversation will provide listeners with new information that's relevant to their lives and that inspires them to act on those issues they see affecting their communities. Who knows? One day it could be you, your issue, and our conversation. Let's try to make sense of the world together. Let's provide each other with resources we all need to make it. Let's script our own narrative and stop letting those who don't truly represent us do it. Let's take action. Together. Our objective for this and every week is that by the end of today's show, we will all learn something about ourselves and the world as we each see both and take an action step on a personal or collective level that reflects this learning. Let's get into it. Let's warm up. Question. Who's in your village? Who are the people responsible for the person you are today? Who can say they had a hand in helping you become that person? Family? Friends? Neighbors? I don't know. Just people in the neighborhood looking out? More importantly, whose village are you now a part of? Who have you taken responsibility for helping to craft, mold, shape, and ultimately shape the future? It's something to think about. Those in your village, good, bad, or indifferent, contributed to your views, your actions, everything that is who you are right now. So that means those whose village you are a part of will one day do something or say something or think something or be something that you helped spark. With that in mind, today's question isn't supported by facts or data, but more importantly, by a member of my village, Miss Tanya Melvin. Here we go. If you can start by telling me your name, please. Tanya Melvin. Tanya Melvin, all right. And Tanya, when were you born, if you don't mind? Or how old are you, or <laughs> decade, or? <laughs> I'm, I'm 59 years old. 59, okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. Tell me about your childhood. Uh, I'm a native Washingtonian. I grew up in southeast Washington, D.C., off of Benny Road and East Capitol Street, okay. landmark. The old shrimp boat. Yes. <laughs> that has now been revived. Yes, shrimp boat plaza. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you remember about um, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, the, the times, what was going on during those times? The times then were very, um, how shall I put it, it was very, a very vulnerable time and then a time where blacks were aware of their rights and wanted to fight for their rights. And so Martin Luther King was a a great leader that I feel brought uh, black America together as one to fight for our rights that were given to us through the Constitution. But, (laughs) you know, 
we were still told we were second-class citizens. And so during those marches and hearing those uh, speeches were um, made a tremendous impact because it gave the black population a voice. Um, and the voice was, um, which I think still holds true today, a nonviolent voice, but we do have a voice. And so I felt like we never broke any, any laws. We just exercised our right as a citizen of the United States. Um, so as far as growing up um, was concerned, I can remember far back, I had to be about maybe five or six going downtown to a place used to be, I think it was G.C. Murphy's, mm -hmm. um, a discount store that had a, um, a lunch counter. And I remember going into the lunch counter, it's always stuck with me. And I remember saying to my grandma, Grandma, I'm hungry. And she said, okay, we'll eat when we get at home. And I would say, well, why can't we eat there? Because people over there eat it. And she said to me, we are not allowed to eat. And I was like, why not? <laughs> and she kept, she would always refer to us as Negroes. Uh, not allowed to eat at that counter. And I remember saying, Grandma, that's ridiculous. I probably didn't use the word ridiculous, but I was like, Grandma, that doesn't make sense to me. Right. I'm hungry. And I recall, and my grandma used to tell the story all the time, reaching him in a pocket and saying, Grandpa gave me $3, so I have enough <laughs> to buy something to eat. And she said, no, you could not eat and I kept saying I can't eat I can't eat and the most impactful event that took place is this white woman reached out her hand and gave me a dollar and said hey nigger go down the street and eat you know there's a place down the street for you to eat and my grandmother said don't take that dollar and told the lady, thank you, ma'am, but I'm able to feed my child. And I have never, ever forgotten that. And you're a kid, either. I were a kid. I had to be about four, five, six years old. And I've never, ever forgotten that. Um, because it was the way that she said it that um, disturbs me even today, you know, after all these years. First to be called a nigger, because even then I knew it was a derogatory statement. And then for her to hand us money like we were dogs, like here, or that we were beggars, yeah. like here. And my grandmother owned her home <laughs> in Southwest Washington, D.C., so we weren't or anything like that. We weren't rich. But we, you know, my grandfather made a living. You know, my grandmother was a stay-at-home mom. You know, and to have this woman say, you know, here, you know, they got places down there for you to eat. You know, I was just, it, it bothers me till today.
it bothers me today. And so, um, when Martin Luther came on the scene, um, my uncles and aunts marched, and I wanted to go, but I was too little. Um, you know, Grandma wouldn't let me go. Um, but I can remember the marches and the impact and the, the pride that my uncles and aunt had because they, they did something nonviolently. Um, my uncle who has passed now talked about He's, he's felt he's felt the pain of a uh, of a water hose, <laughs> you know. He's he's felt that he felt that pain, but it was just it didn't mean anything. It was just like numb, pain in the body, but numb to his mind because he was marching for a cause, and and so that instilled in me to to fight for our rights fight for us to be treated as citizens. And I think for you, that's why the statement that was made at our meeting was really impactful to me. And I could not let that let that go. Right. You know, because I as an older woman experienced some of those things. And I was like, oh no. Oh no, I have a voice and I have a right. And that is not acceptable. Um, I could remember when Martin Luther King was assassinated, and I could remember when Washington D.C. was in chaos and literally stood still because it was chaos. You know, Eighth Street was practically burned down, and I remember when it was thriving. I remember when, you know, there was nothing there to go to. Um, uh, I can remember during that time when the riots were going on that you had to write soul on your car, on your window. My mother told me that. Yeah. To identify yeah. that you were black. Yeah. You know, so that you would not be attacked. Interesting. And that was... I, I had never heard that before she told me that last week. I was like, what? That, that's, wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. wow. And to see the devastation, um, looking back, mm -hmm. you know, it it caused fear in a, in a child. You know, we're like, what in the world is going on? And is the world coming to an end? But looking back, I still don't understand why we did that only because we burned in our communities um, and we didn't have the foresight to think, okay, I burned down this grocery store, I for, you know, this five and dime, I burned down this, okay, then where are we going to go? <laughs> you know, I understand the anger, you know, and sometimes anger can cause you to do some things without thinking, but then in the aftermath, you know, white folks said, they burn themselves down. Okay, they figure it, they'll figure it out. But guess what? What they didn't realize is that we figured it out. <laughs> we survived. Right. You know, right. we survived. We're just a resilient group of people. And we, we, we figure it out. True. You know. So, 
what I noticed is that um, there's a, uh, there are a lot of memories around Dr. King. When I talk to people, what about Malcolm X? I mean, are there as many memories? Like, like what, would, what was your view on what he was doing? Or was that, I don't know, what was your take? For Malcolm X, there, there, for me, there was not a lot of memory for me about Malcolm X because even then um, there was a prejudice against the Muslim religion, okay. or shall I say, yeah, the nation, huh? The nation, the nation. Okay. You know, there were some prejudices. So um, for me, we didn't hear. I didn't hear a lot about Malcolm X. For that reason, that he was just, he was too radical to be a Dr. King. And you have to be careful about him because we just don't know what he's going to do. We can figure out what Martin Luther King going to do. We just don't know about him. Right. And that's kind of the attitude that that I was given or, or, or people around me, around my age, was given. Uh-huh. You know, you could get into trouble, <laughs> you know, True. dealing with him. So we, we knew about him, we knew about his speeches, uh, we knew about what he, st- he stood for, um, but, you know, we were given the impression he's trying more to separate us than, than to bring us together as a, as a black nation like Dr. King did, so... Which is which is interesting now, but we just oh no, Malcolm X we just don't know about <laughs> because I think because his style was so radical. It was, it was. Um, like even even after um, his pilgrimage to Mecca and like kind of breaking from the nation, was it, it was still like that? People still just kind of didn't. I think after that, people were in a wait and see. Let's see what he's gonna do. He says he's had an experience, but let's just watch him and see if he really had an experience and how long is it going to last, you know. But but I I still believe at that point we needed a Malcolm X because we did not have um, a Martin Luther King. And even though his, his causes were radical, they were needed because sometimes you just need to be shaken up and it needs to be different <laughs> you know, so people can catch the vision or at least you get their attention whether good bad or indifferent right. i've got your attention now that i've got your attention listen to the message that i have okay. you know I, I i believe everyone can change you know as an adult now i was like okay yeah he, he really did have an awakening so you know but if I had known then what I know now I think my opinion would have been a lot different but then then I don't think it was really taught to us okay. in, a, in that manner yeah. so how do you think of okay first um Kennedy mm-hmm. Kennedy I don't know much about Kennedy um you know documentaries, things like that nature. But I get the sense, or I've gotten the sense that, you know, folks, Kennedy then was like um, how folks uh, took to Clinton, took Mm -hmm. to Bill Clinton. Mm -hmm. Like it was kind of like, yo, that's our guy. 
There you go. Is that what? Yeah. So that that was the thought. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so when Clinton came around, you know, that's like, oh, now the Kennedy has come through the White House. You know, because he genuinely, people say they care, but they didn't. You know, other presidents said they cared, but they didn't do any. They didn't really do anything. True. You know, they made political statements, but that was it. You know. But Kennedy came along and gave us gave us hope, and even better hope, I think. Was that at, was that I guess supplemented by the fact that you also had uh, you know Teddy and Bobby, and you know in the government as well. So like, you knew it was like a family there. It was like, a family. Just, yeah, okay. yeah, and that you had a sense of if one fell, which unfortunately he was assassinated, there would be someone that would pick up the mantle. So looking at, uh, or thinking about today, mm-hmm. um, one of the <clears throat> thoughts that I had was that I, um, and I don't know how it sounds. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want it to. I don't want there to be like you know people think of like I'm comparing the two, or saying, never mind. Colin Kaepernick kneeling, mm-hmm. and the emotions and the actions and everything that came from it and from my perspective seemed similar to what MLK was trying to do like trying to get people to like come there we have these we have these causes we should be fighting for together now I'm not saying cause is MLK I'm not but I think for like the present day it's the closest thing we have to to what what happened then like what do you think about that I, I agree I think um it was a, a non-violent, silent message that he gave to the United States. Right. You know, that there's still injustice, you know, and I'm going to call um, attention to this injustice by taking a knee. People, um, it people was, the president it was a message, message without saying something. Exactly. And I, I I applaud him. But what it did was, I think it woke everyone up to say, this is what needs to happen. And, and you know, unfortunately, there's consequences of your actions. True. You know. Very true. But good or bad, it needed to be done. Do you think um, that our current administration <coughs> has actions of those in charge, I'll say, of the country, have kind of woken people up to? Do you think? Because I know I, I have my views on what's going on. Oh, yes. Yeah, people seem to. Everybody up. We were living pretty quiet life, you know, yeah. until people began to notice that too many of our black brothers were being killed, you know, not killed, murdered, really. Essentially, in front of our eyes, essentially, video. Yeah, right, you know, and, you know, <laughs> some wants to say, <laughs> no, don't, don't, we're not going to talk about that, but yeah, too many of us. Too many of my brothers. 
We're not even just brothers anymore. So. Exactly. Too many of our brothers, too many of our sisters are being killed needlessly. And the perpetrators are, are skating off. You know, they, they're getting away with it. You know, Which, and I'm sorry. No, wait, Which we all needed an awakening because it was it was hush hush. But the same thing, I feel that it was lynching then. Now it's with a gun and a badge. And a badge. And that's not to say that all cops are bad. Right. Absolutely right. Right. not. Right. They are. Some phenomenal police officers out here. They're doing what they're supposed to do, but there's still some bad seeds. Interesting. That think they can get away and have. Yeah. Got no way with it. So what are you? But like I have, I have police officers in my family. I have a lot of police officer friends, but it still doesn't stop the frustration I have or the apprehension I have just when I see a police officer. Like, so given what has gone on, like, what, what are your, how do you feel about, like, I guess, relationships between police officers and, 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 and communities? Like, how, how difficult is it to kind of navigate that with everything we see? I think what happened, and, and, and in my day, <clears throat> we had police officers that walked through the communities, walked through the beats, you knew the police officer, the police officer was friendly, you were taught officer to respect Officer friendly, there you go. And you were taught to respect them. But I think when it became, when they took them out of the communities um, and, it, and allowed society to make it us versus them, we lost that connection. We really did. Um, and I know um, here in the district, I believe that, you know, every now and then you might see a police officer walk through the community, but not like you used to. You They might be on segways now. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, so I think we've, 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 we've lost that. And, um, you know, and, and slowly allowed it to become an us versus them, you know. And, um, you know, I some of the videos I've seen, and I was like, what? And they got away with it? You know, it, it's just like clear as day, you know. And I'm like, I, I, I don't believe this. I don't believe this. But it's going to take, I still believe that it's going to take a generation to come up to be the next Martin Luther King, you know, to be the next Malcolm X, um, to say, you know, we're just not going to take this. You know, it's, it's not that generation fair. is here. Yeah. Hmm? Do you think we're close to that? Do you think we're a part of that generation now or hasn't come yet? Do you think there's, like, how do you feel about where we're going? What, what's optimistic it's it's a little hard for me because I think what has happened is yes we as a black people have been able to educate ourselves been able to 
to to make money and to do well for ourselves. But I think somehow we've forgotten about the uh, the village mentality. You know, it's and and that bothers me. And that bothers me a lot because I can remember when I grew up. If I cut up <laughs> my next door neighbor, <laughs> oh yeah, was gonna get me. Oh yeah, and there was no backlash, you know. Well, I hate for my mother to call during the summer. You did what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man. You know there was yeah. no backlash, and we as a black folks have allowed, I think, the mentality, if I mm. could put it that way creep up into our villages to say, oh no, you can't discipline my job. But that kept many of us out of jail. It kept many of us out of trouble. Yeah. It taught us respect. I think that's the, for me, I think that's the biggest thing that's missing from younger generations, just the respect for adults and authority. Just in general, just general respect. You have to know them, but Yes, sir. No, yeah. sir. You know, move to the side when they walk by. You know, open the door for somebody. I think, for me, that's the biggest part. You know, and that's not because you're downing yourself. That's just respect for your, for your, for your people. You know, for your people. Because if you, if if I respect you, right, and I treat you with utmost respect, I believe if somebody's out there ready to attack you, I'm gonna jump in and say, oh, oh no, not Lashawn. That's my sister. That ain't gonna happen. But we don't have that connection anymore, as a as a as a black race. We we really don't, and that that saddens me, you know. And it all stems from the village. We were in the village together. If the kids next door was hungry, and my grandma was feeding me, she fed us and all the kids down the block. And guess what? And there was enough. <laughs> You know, and you we, we wonder how that happened, you know. But it 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 was it was enough. I don't know if you're a religious person or not, but there's a story in in the Bible where a prophet went to a, a widow woman, and she said, "She has enough oil and bread for that last for that last meal." There you go. Just you make it for me, and you'll be okay. And you'll be okay. And I believe in that. I believe that if we get together. And we want to do good for our brothers and sisters. There's gonna be enough, <laughs> you know. I I, ju I just believe that it's gonna be enough, you know. And I've and I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. I've seen going into my mom or my grandma's refrigerator and like, how in the world is she gonna feed us? But then there's two other three heads at the table and we all eat, <laughs> right? <laughs> But we all ate. We all ate, and we all looked out for each other, and we, you know, we cared for each other, and we were brothers and sisters. You know, uh, I don't know how families grow up. I grew up well. That's your brothers and your sisters. You'll let nobody hurt them. <laughs> you know, you hurt them. You hurt all wrong. of us. I don't care if they're wrong or not. <laughs> we handle that in house. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, I don't see that to, today like I saw it back then. And I think it's just, it's, 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 a, it's a lost 
a lost love that we have for each other, and especially for a black race. And if I don't know if we ever could get back to that, but it would be great because then I think I would look out for you and say, you don't have no shoes to go to school, baby. Let me see what I got. <laughs> you know, you don't have lunch money. Let me see what I I got. And we helped each other to pull each other up. You know. Huh? I said, those are the times. I mean, I just think about my childhood. But it, but it kept us out of trouble. It did. It, it kept did. us out of trouble. It did. It kept us as a, a black race to make something of ourselves. It gave us pride of who we are. And we could do anything, you know, if, we, if we're willing to put the work in. Which leads me to another question. Work. Um... What do you think, I think part of the breakdown of like just a black family, aside from mass incarceration of our fathers mm -hmm. and brothers, mm -hmm. um, is or has been this need to work, 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 work so that, you know, they have the most expensive this and the most expensive that. Kids have every pair of Jordans coming out, or you know every expensive game, and they're trying to work, 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 work to pay for all these expensive things that are just kind of replacements for actual human time. What do you think about that? How that's kind of that's like absolutely, out? absolutely one thing. When you die, you can't take it with you, right? You know, and then when you get old, you got a whole lot of stuff, but no people to enjoy it with. <laughs> True, you know. Um, my daughter and I look back, my daughter is 36 and she laughs today. She, she's like, mom was tough. Mom was tough. I couldn't get every name brand, um, piece of clothing that was out there. And if I wanted, she said, she made me work. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Get it Figure out something. You right. get you something to do and, and get a job and you earn it. And, and it was interesting. She told me one day, Mom, and I, you know, I used to think you were, what she called me, Mommy Dearest. <laughs> she said, but well, I appreciate it now because I work for everything I get. You know, and it's mine. I ain't steal it. I ain't take it. It's mine. I earned it. You know. And so she said, so you weren't as bad as I thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, it, and, and and honestly, it's great to have um, things, you know, fine houses, fine cars, but you find them, and I'm old-fashioned, you find them expensive shoes and two or three pairs, you wear them out what you got to show for it. Invest your money. Yeah. I had a white guy that I worked for, and he said something that I'll never forget. And I was a young woman then. He said to me, the one thing I have against the black race is they will go out and spend all their money for quantity and not quality. And he said, you all will go out and buy 
expensive tennis shoes, name brand, some athlete's name on a shoe. He says, but they don't last long. So why not spend $200 on, I'm trying to think of the name of the shoe he called it. I can't think of the name. I'll say Stacy Adams. <laughs> shoe. And buy a good quality shoe. Like some floor signs. There you there, that's, that's the shit. Yes, that's sir. the story. Yes, and it will last you forever. All you have to do is shine them up. up. Every now and then get the sole or the like, heels yeah. replaced. But the shoe will last you forever. He said you all will go out and spend money for stuff that look good but don't last. He says, I'm going to tell you from a white guy, we buy quality stuff that lasts, so we don't have to keep replacing it. Makes sense. Makes sense. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> as much as I hate you saying that, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> says we don't have to keep buying it over and over again and we have money in our pocket very very true but do you ever think we'll get back if we can get back right if we would take the time and instill it in our children our nieces and our nephews um but who so who's gonna do that I just feel like each with each generation, um, as each generation gets younger and younger, I don't. I'm concerned about who who's going to communicate, who's going to teach that. You know, when like my mom is 16 years older than me. Mm -hmm. You know, teenage pregnancy and all that. You know, her mother was 20 some odd years older than her. Those age differences are getting smaller and smaller. And smaller, they are. And so there's not that maturity level. And so now, you know, you, you have babies out here, baby boys in skinny jeans and Tims and, and the girl, the little girls and with the hair. I'm just, I, I'm just concerned, like, like who is supposed to take responsibility for making sure that those messages, I mean, cause you can't even send them to school. You can't say just send them to school and they'll learn there because, you know, your parents, you're coming. You know who's try responsible? To, Me, you. And everyone else who thinks like we do, it is our responsibility, you know. I talk to my nieces and my nephews about that all the time, you know. And I don't talk in the sense of putting them down, but I talk to them in the sense of how to save your money and how to get wealth, <laughs> you know. And as crazy it may sound to them, I always say try it. And this is what I've done to all of my nieces and nephews till they turn 18. I was like, get your little bank account. Get a bank account. You put in a dollar, I, I put in a dollar. You take out a dollar, I'm taking out a dollar. Okay. It's called interest and we'll see how much it grows. And then at 18, they can have it. <laughs> they can have it. But it teaches them saving and, and taking out. And although you don't get a zilch in interest now, you know, younger days, you know, you could make yeah. get a good investment on your... Make, make a little bit of money, a little bit of change. A little bit of change on your money. 
and everything. And I just think that it's, it's up to us who think that way have to be the ones um, to do it, you know. I'm the, I'm the oldest of five kids, so I'm the oldest aunt. <laughs> so, you know, and I come from the mentality, oh, you're going to listen to me, you know. No rolling your eyes, no tooting out your lips, you know, smacking your lips or whatever. Oh, who are you talking to? <laughs> you know. <laughs> I know you're not talking to me because your 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 teeth gonna be on the floor. You know you will respect me as I respect you. Exactly. You know, and I'm here to help you. And this is one I'm gonna I'm gonna get you started. You know, I'm I'm gonna get you started. I'm gonna steal that idea. It's it's really really easy. They open it. I get my brothers my sister open a little bank account. They show me the little the little bank statement, you know, and they got money in there. Oh, I see you put five dollars in there today. Okay, I'm gonna stop by and I'm gonna put five dollars in your account. You know, oh, you put six dollars today, but they got to show me the statement every yeah. month. Okay. Cause I go in there and see you took out six dollars. I want my money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want my money. Okay. You know, and if I don't get my money, you got cut off. You know, because when you short, you always call on time. But this is the deal. This is how the real world works. True. <laughs> you know. You know, and they say, I love Antani. She tough, but I love Antani. <laughs> you know, but it's got them started to buy their own car. You know, you know, they don't buy clothes and stuff. They, they, I will allow them to buy a car. You know, I will allow them to buy a house. My daughter... Um, I don't know what time you got to go go back, but my daughter, when she got got old enough, she was feeling herself. Yeah, that's what old folks call yeah. it. She, so we had house rules, and so you had to be in the house by two o'clock, and so she had graduated college and everything. I'm grown, mom, and I was like, you know, grown folks do what grown people do, but as long as you're in my house, this is house rules. Your dad and I follow these rules, and you are too. We announce at 2 o'clock. And, baby, if you don't want to follow the rules, say it's a no. You know? And so she says, well, I'm going to go out and get an apartment. I said, well, well, that's where you gone wrong. I don't want you to buy an apartment. So I said, because the apartment belongs to the landlord. don't belong to you. But if you buy a house or a condo or whatever else, then it's yours. You pay the mortgage, it's still yours, you know. So I said, tell you what I'm going to do. Same thing, you know. You get your little account, and my daughter already had one. And I said, how much you got in there? And she said, I don't want to tell you. You don't show me your bank statement. You don't get anything. So I said, tell you what I'm going to do. We going to help you buy a house. But I tell you what I what I did for her was when she was born, I opened up an account. And I had money taken out of her account um, and put in her account. She never knew she had it. She never knew she had it. And so when she got ready to buy the house, I had to make sure she had to save up $2,000. You know. And so she saved up her little $2,000. My got $2,000. We went out to try to find her place. Um, and she found like $2,000 going to get enough. I knew that. 
but I had to get her to the to thought process right. that that's so what you need to get it. what you want. Right. So I said, okay, you gonna buy? You want to buy a house? She said, yeah, mommy, I want to buy a house and buy a condo. So I said, okay, how much you got in there? She said, I got two thousand dollars. So I said, okay, uh, mom and daddy give you the rest. And she was like, well, mom, where you gonna get that money from? Don't worry about it. <laughs> You know, she never, she just got married. She just found out how I was doing it. Wow. You know, I go in, she bought a nice little condo up here, and we gave her the rest $5,000, put with her 2000 put down on her condo. That's yours, babe, you know. Um, and so she's always wanted to move to North Carolina, so mm -hmm. she was there in the condo five years. She moved to North Carolina. Sold her condo, made some money off yes. that thing, went down to North Carolina and bought her a house. Yes. What part of North Carolina? Raleigh. Hey, we may be family. Maybe. Hey, all right. She's down in Raleigh. Nice. And she tells people today, that's how I got my house. My mama made me save up the 2000 She gave me the rest and nice. said, I don't want you living in an apartment, baby, because it don't belong to you. I want you to buy an investment. For a house, you pay that thirteen four hundred fourteen hundred dollars a month in rent. You ain't get nothing but a place to stay, but you put it in a house for the next thirty days. There you go. <laughs> but you put it into a house that that belonged to you. That belonged to you. And what I had to show her was, okay, she came and showed me the paperwork for the apartment. The apartment then was like nine hundred and fifty dollars or something like that. $1,050. But when we figured out how much she could afford for a house, her um, first mortgage is only $520. So I said, baby, you paying $520 for something that you own instead of $950. That's $400 in your pocket. Every month. Every month. You can do what you want with it. Every month. But I just want you to get on your feet. You know. All right, so we are coming so, to an end. I have loved this. Yeah, come back anytime. Are there any okay. final words? Any final? I don't know. Final thoughts. I want to commend you on what you're doing, and raising awareness for others to hear, other young black men and women to hear what we went through you know it's good to see it on the tv but it's good to know somebody who actually went through it and um too bad it's not visual because then you can see the impact of when people when people talk about it well i'm still fleshing it out so you know I'm like in, i said the beginning stages the, now so it'll evolve you know it it still brings tears to my eyes that this lawyer say hey nigga here's, here's your dollar Right. Me? You know. And I still have issues, and I'm old fashioned about us calling each other that. <laughs> I am I I am admittedly hypocritically old fashioned about it. I know. It bothers it bothers me to no end, but I find I say it. Because that's the name well. people gave us. Yes, I know. And I don't I don't I don't buy the argument, the ERs, the A, I don't care. I don't, I, I don't, I don't really, I don't really buy that argument, but, but I, I understand. I understand. Yeah, I understand. yeah. I, I, I think it's interesting. 
we as a black people are too important and, and we're better than that. And we're, we, we're better than that, that we don't have to call each other that. All right, thank you, Ms. Tanya. I really appreciate um, the interview. Um, so we are going to end it, actually, with some rapid fire questions. Okay. So I need you to pick five numbers for me between one and 69. 58, mm -hmm. uh, 70, or 69. 50, uh, Jeez. 75. 3. Mm-hmm. And 20. 20. So you got 58, 3, 20. I need two more. 17. Uh-huh. And then 24. 24. All right. Question number three. What are your top two favorite foods? Peach cobbler. Oh yeah. And spare ribs. Oh yeah. Okay. That's that's where you get your ribs from this time. You like to do them yourself? I do them myself. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Question seventeen. What's the most memorable book from your childhood? Don't laugh. Okay. I always enjoyed, as a little girl, Green Eggs and Ham hey, by Dr. Seuss. There's nothing funny about that. <laughs> Dr. Seuss taught life lessons. <laughs> life <laughs> lessons. I'm telling you. Still teaching. Still teaching. All right. Um, question 20. Ooh, what's your least favorite book? What was it? It was like something like 20 days in hell. Oof. Uh, uh, what was that? <laughs> I can guess. <laughs> it was something like some number in hell. I didn't even get to the end. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm going to look that up. I'm going to look that up. Yeah, I'll, I'll, something in hell. Okay. I think it's like so many days in hell. It was crazy. Right. I didn't even get to it. Somebody had died and gone to hell and wanted to tell the story. And he had 20 days to do <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm yeah, going to look was, that up. I'm going to look that up. It was, I got it on my Kindle, so if I can remember, I'll look. Yeah, on my Kindle. You, you I, like, I read like a chapter. I was like, okay, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why I downloaded that one. Somebody else told me to read it. Okay. Yeah. I might. Let me see. All right, question 24. Oof. Whose life story would you like to see turned into a book if it hasn't already been? So anybody, whose life story would you like to see in a book? In a book? Yeah. Like, who would you like to read about? That's not already a book. Yeah. Maybe it's somebody personal we don't know. Actually, my grandma. I would love to see her. It's the same uh, grandma with the house. Yep. In the, okay, the summer times. And don't yep. take the dollar from that lady. I got you. Yep, okay, yep, okay. yep, yep. All right, and question 58. If you were an Olympic athlete, what sport would you compete in? Hmm. 
iceberg. <laughs> However you want to answer doing. the question. <laughs> I love to watch ice skating. So, would your sport be watching ice skating or actually ice skating? <laughs> I wish I could ice skate. Nice. nice. I wish I could ice skate. I don't do too well on it. Yeah. I, I fall a lot. But. Yeah, I, ice skating is not my thing. I've been on skates. But, um, have been. I can leave that in the past. I have I'm a good. niece that skates. Really? Really oh, well? Oh, she is so great. Wow. So great. And she competes. She competes. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I dig she's it. She's trying to work towards going to the this time? I have when she comes here. I oh, okay. gotta go ice skating with her. I don't do well. She's okay. very patient with me, but I don't That's do nice. well. Right. But yeah, I would right. love to do that. All right, Miss Tyler, one more question. Give me a number from 1 to 26. 21. 21. Oh. If you could live any historical figure's life, which one would you choose? I think that is an appropriate final question. Anybody? Who would you choose? Can't think of her name. What she do? She sat down on the bus. She was tired. Oh, Rosa. Rosa Parks. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I really would. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh. Thank I you, Mr. I would really Tony. love to get in her mind and say, what made you do this? Was doing? it because you really tired or you said enough is enough? I feel you. Yeah. Thank you. So again, um, I want to thank Miss Tanya for joining me this week. Um, she means a lot to me. And I'm, I'm glad that she is a, a part of my village. In listening to this conversation, um, you know, it makes me think about my village, not just my current village, which is ever growing and I'm 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 very happy with and proud of, but you know, the village that took care of me when I was a child. Um in particular, um my grandma's, you know. Wendella, Francis, Mama June. Had a conversation with my sister recently and uh, she was telling me that she was working with a woman um and the lady asked her about uh empathy you know how um i guess empathy was taught or communicated to to her um she is uh, also um an employee at a school, and she takes care of the kids she works with. She takes care of the kids, she takes care of the families. The problem is that, as with a lot of educators, she also takes home the issues. And so she's telling me about the conversation and how she was talking to the woman, and, you know, she was trying to figure that out. And as I was talking to her, I was telling her that I was watching um, uh, the rap game. interested in uh, I mean rappers um, 
you know, they, they, they do various shows each week, you know, different tasks and challenges. Okay. One young lady who I'm rooting for, but, um, you know, um, she made a comment. Uh, they had to do a, a verse, well, I'm sorry, 16 bars <laughs> about, uh, their family, their life, their, the importance of their family, and she made a comment about, you know, her, her rap was about her grandmother, and she says, you know, I know people aren't close to their grandmas nowadays, but I am, and that hurt my feelings, I'm not gonna lie, that hurt my feelings, here's this child whose experience is that, um, the person who I've always thought was one of the most valuable in the family, if not the most, I mean, you know, outside of mom and dad, we get it, um, like her experiences, or, or the experience of those around her is that that person isn't important, and I know that, 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 that's not just a generational thing, you know, people have had those experiences, but I think it is an ever-increasing generational, um, problem, I see it as a problem, anytime any member of the family is lessened, I see it as a problem, um, But yeah, it, uh, just thinking about villages, I'll come back to my grandma's sometime, I get really sad, um, thinking about villages, uh, no vision or example of, uh, a village makes me, I guess, happier at this present moment in time than uh cardi b's village cardi b is the walking epitome of the uh phrase or the saying do not judge a book by its cover or at least she used to be because i tell you what her fashion village ooh, got her on a whole different level a whole different level up down inside out start to finish I'm talking wardrobe changes. I'm talking just stepping out the door. But the rest of her village is coming through. And that celebration the other night, I, that, that is the feeling you should have with your village. You know, that, that is what a village works for. That is what a village does it for. You know, not just to make sure you stand on the straight and narrow. Not just to pick you up when you're down. And I know we know it's a lot of those behind the scenes things. But also in your moment of triumph to be there for you to help you celebrate because just like it's difficult to deal with success, with failure, it's difficult to deal with success too. So you need your village there to celebrate with you and keep you humble as well. So Cardi B's village. <laughs> May we all be um, lucky enough to have one like it. Now, I'm going to keep today's uh, You Don't Get a Hall Pass segment short and sweet, or as short and sweet as possible. So let me be clear. Katy Perry, Gucci, Ralph Northam, yeah, I'm back. And whoever that AG for Virginia is, what is that, Carrie, Perry, Starry, Barry, Mary, I don't know his last name. What I do know is that this uh, newfound fascination, or maybe it's not newfound, maybe it is just um, unearthed <laughs> uh, uh, 
put a shine on it. Uh, you know, Ooh, maybe that wasn't right. Uh, you know, out of the woodworks, if you will. Whatever it is, this uh, new blackface phenomenon got y'all getting us twisted and all the way fucked up. Let's be clear. It ain't ever been, nor will it ever be. Cool. We're not gonna let it go. We're not gonna overlook it. We're not gonna let it slide. We're not gonna let you pass. None of that. None of the above. Katy Perry, you didn't know you should have known that's your name. Gucci, you didn't know you should have known that's your brand. I left you alone after last week, but I had to hit you with the U-turn because over this past weekend, you decided you were going to get on TV and let folks know that you believed that slavery was indentured servitude. Where in the absolute... Oh, where, sir, were you educated? Because if this is something that you have recently learned, and I believe your education sorely lacked in the area of accuracy. I'm going to just say that. And whoever this AG is, <laughs> you ain't slick. I'm not believing that it was out of the goodness of your heart and that you are a changed man and you thought you should come forward. What you knew is that they found him out and they was going to find you out too, especially with everything going on with Fairfax. Oh yeah, sir. I'll holler at you next time. But again, let's be clear. It ain't cool. Ain't never been cool. Ain't gonna ever be cool. We ain't gonna let it go. We gonna call you out every time we see it. And if I know you and I see you, I'm coming for you. Let it be known. So again, Katy Perry, Gucci, Ralph Northam, A.G., Carrie, Barry, Scary Terry, Mary, Harry. I don't know who you are, but none of y'all get a hall pass. So your homework for this and every week is come through with the come through. I don't mean stop by. Well, not literally and not yet. I mean, think about what you heard today. What resonates with you? Who was a part of your village? Whose village are you a part of? Who do you wish had looked back for you? Who are you looking back at? What are you going to do for you? for others, for the community. Now do it, and let me know about it. As a matter of fact, let me know your thoughts about the show as well. As I said, I'm a teacher. I have an open-door policy. Contact me with any questions, comments, or concerns via email at bfrankism at gmail.com. That's the letter B, F-R-A-N-K-I-S-M at gmail.com on Twitter at Frankism at the letter B F-R-A-N-K-I-S-M and on Instagram at B Frankism the letter B F-R-A-N-K-I-S-M now we didn't win the Powerball last week but today's Powerball numbers are 3 17 20 24 58 and the Powerball is 21 if you win Pay it forward or put it back into the community. Today and always, don't forget to check on somebody. And if you need somebody to check on you, let them know. All right, that's it for this week. See you next Wednesday.
Get at 